Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hour number two of the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Larry D. Flores holding it down for here. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877 if you want to get in on the conversation. We're with you until 11 o'clock tonight. No Rangers baseball, which means you get a full Four hours of the get right at Kevin Gray Sports at Reg Atatula. If you want to get at us on Twitter, some seven, seven. It's an off air conversation, but it's been seven years straight. Seven years. So to pull the curtain back. Oh man. Uh, in the tease, because we will be talking about the Mavs. That's right. Um, and I on on the other side in the tease, mm-hmm. I I said they getting Victor just as a joke, and mm-hmm. somebody on the text line from the three six zero said, "Sure, you're getting Victor." Victor Oladipo. And I was like, ha, that's hilarious. And I was like, it's so sad because he's been injured for like five years, and that's not an exaggeration. Actually, it was an undersell. He's been injured for like seven years straight. Seven years? What year was his all-star year? Uh, all-star years were 25, uh, uh, sorry, 17, 18, and 18, 19. Okay. By Man. the way, 18, 19, he played 36 games, buddy. That was, that was year one of injured all the damn time. Oladipo was cold, man. But it's weird. You think about Indiana as we're going to have a little Mavericks conversation in terms of some Mavericks offseason burning questions as we are two weeks away from the NBA draft. That place is kind of cursed. Remember Danny Granger? Yeah. Baller. Danny Granger would have been so fun. He was so good. And then you got Paul George. You know, that whole thing that happened in Indiana. And then Victor Oladipo. Yeah. You know, getting injured out there. And too. George Hill. Ain't nothing happened to him. He just went everywhere. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. George Hill's been like everywhere. And and back to Indiana about three times too. Speaking of being everywhere, Jeff Green, that was another guy. Uncle did. Jeff. Bruh. Love Uncle Jeff. I didn't realize it's been what, 15 seasons he'd been in the league? With about 15 teams. About and, 15 teams too. And, and he could still dunk. That's right. Fun times. <laughs> That's right. The Dallas Mavericks, though, two weeks away, NBA draft. Will they keep the number 10 overall pick? Will they trade the number 10 overall pick? Those questions to be answered over the next couple of weeks. Tim Cato in his latest piece in The Athletic. Mavericks offseason begins with Kyrie Irving's decision. It only gets more complicated from there. Mm -hmm. And there's a series of questions that Tim poses to us and the readers when it comes to the Mavericks and their offseason. So we'll take a stab at answering some of these questions. And we'll start with the burning question for the Mavericks. 
this offseason, remember, under the new collective bargaining agreement, teams can begin to talk to their own free agents once the NBA Finals have concluded. Also here in a couple days. That's right. Okay. <laughs> right. Not too long from now. Mm-hmm. Number one, does Kyrie Irving resign in Dallas? Oh, that don't burn that much. What I've been saying, I've been saying this for a long time. All the circumstances. Well, I don't know if you heard, Reds, while you were out. Oh, what did I miss? You Go know, ahead and put uh, me on game. What happened? Kyrie was out here doing some crouton. Yeah, but he was crooning here. <laughs> that's right. He was crooning to here. That <laughs> should have made y'all go, oh, man. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Okay. Oh, Kyrie coming back. All right. Yeah, no, because this is the thing. I don't think that there is a place, a, another place in the NBA of the 30 teams that are available that has the appropriate mix of money when it comes to contract, years when it comes to contract, and competition other than Dallas. Like, Dallas is one of the places where you have some reasonable expectation of competition where they're also willing to give him, where I believe that they're willing to give him money and close to the years that he wants. There's not really another place where I I believe that to be the case. And when it comes down to it, it does seem like that is what Kyrie Irving wanted all the way back in Brooklyn, you know what I mean, when he was trying to negotiate there. He wanted that security. And so if that is still his objective, which it does seem like that is the case, I think this is the place where he starts, which is signing back up. All indications are that Kyrie Irving is going to be re-signing here in Dallas. Mark Stein, a Substack, and others seem to have very, very confident feelings that Kyrie Irving is going to be back with the Dallas Mavericks. As you started to detail, the question is the years and the money. Will he get a full five-year, $272 million contract, which would be the full max that he is eligible for, or will there be less years but still at the same max money that we're looking at? Maybe at four years, $200 million of some sort. Somewhere along those lines. But the prevailing feeling is Kyrie's going to be back. Which gets us to this then. Because I'm going to skip past number two. Because, you know, that whole how does LeBron fit next to Luka. Actually, no, we're never mind. We're not going to talk about that. Because that's not happening. The other question, though, is the one that other than the Kyrie question... We're going to have a lot of discussion about over the next couple of weeks. How do the Dallas Mavericks use the number 10 overall pick in this year's NBA draft? Because there's a lot of machinations that you could come up with and how this pick can be used and who you attach to it in order to try to find some veteran help. One of which, I wonder how you feel about this, that we're starting to kind of discuss and Mavericks land is starting to, you know, feel out a little bit. Oh, Mavericks land. You got a passport or... Uh, I dibble and dabble a little bit, you know, in Mavs pod land, somewhere around okay. there. So you got um, a passport is what you're saying. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. I can gotcha. traverse pretty much where I want to mm-hmm. in Mavs land. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea being, hey, if you want to move off Davis Bertans and you don't necessarily want to trade him, maybe you use the um, stretch provision, the wave and stretch provision and be able to move off of him and then open up a little bit of salary cap. Now, what if you wave and stretch once he's been waved? You can't sign him back, KG. And why would you want to do that? <laughs> why would you want to do that? With all due respect. With respectfully. Due, respectfully. That's right. uh, no, but that, that would allow you to stretch his money over the next three seasons, I believe, or three seasons after his contract is supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that can help limit the, the financial burden. Um, this is the thing. It's like, hey, man, you might just need to trade him. You might just need to come up, come up off him. And this is something I've been talking about, man. This is one of the problems with not having assets, which I believe is what the 10th pick will become. I don't think that they're going to utilize that for a player. Um, 
just because the timeline does not seem to match up and you're in a place where I don't know that you can be certain to get a player. Well, maybe you get a player. It's a deep draft. You get a player that would be helpful. But helpful to what end? Because if you are simply going, we're going to draft, you have the depth that you have right now. You have a young player having to try and fill a space that is probably above what is reasonable to expect of them. Um, this might have to be a t uh, an attached an asset to the lapel of a contract that you are not um, advantageous or that you do not feel is advantageous. That's the way that this goes. And so this was the tough part about looking up and seeing you don't have a lot of assets because that means you don't have a lot of things to attach to Davis Bertans or assuming that you view it as a negative contract or a contract that you want to move JaVale McGee or even Tim Hardaway Jr. Even though mm -hmm. I understand you are, your next words are going to be, but it's a descending contract. I know you, KJ. Mm -hmm. I know what was going on in your head. Mm -hmm. But the things about it is like making those moves, you don't have a lot of leeway. But the tough part about it is that Davis Bertans one is the one contract, that thing in particular, that really limits the way you move around um, when it comes to building this team. And so I could easily see that being Davis Bertans and the 10th pick and maybe something else for that cap relief and possibly another player that can help. I think Tim Cato actually made a really interesting uh, trade proposition that I was like, that perked up or that caught my interest, which is talking with Brooklyn, bringing back Royce O'Neal. Okay. And 21. So mm -hmm. you move from 10 to 21. 21 is a place where we've seen teams come up with a nice role player in the, you know, late teens, yeah. early 20s. Um, someone like, you know, Sadiq Bay or something like that, right? Like getting a guy who you're not going to expect to do all things, but a guy that can help while also getting some relief on um, Davis Bertans and bringing back a Royce O'Neal who is a solid role player. And that is what you need at this point. That's the beauty of you at least if the re-signing of Kyrie Irving goes through having two star players. Now you are looking for guys that can fill roles. And Royce O'Neal, a little bit older, but he's a dude who for a while has been, I can take your primary perimeter defender. I can maybe knock down some threes here and there. And that sounds like something that one of the things that the uh, Mavericks need, which is some defensive help, particularly on the perimeter. I don't know, man, because I'm starting to get the feeling, and you talk about Bertans, who's got – He's making $17 million next year and $16 million for the 24-25 season, but only $5 million of that final year is guaranteed if he plays fewer than 75% of next season's games. So a little bit of complication when it comes to his contract. I'm starting to get of the mindset, honestly, the way that the collective bargaining agreement is starting to go and the way that you're going to have to start to build your teams in the future. You're not going to be able to keep multiple superstars on max contracts going into the future. One idea that Cato had put forward last week, which I thought was actually a pretty good one, is that when you get to the NBA draft, maybe you work with a team like Atlanta with Clint Capella. You move the number 10 pick to Atlanta mm -hmm. in exchange, you know, for Clint Capella. You get the 15th pick back. You're not even having to move as far. And now you're talking about the defensive big, which is another That's place right. that you need to add some athleticism and defense. And you can still stay in the first round and draft the depth piece still in the top 15. Can I ask you something about Clint Capella? Mm-hmm. It's been evident that the Atlanta Hawks are starting to transition a little bit away from Clint Capella, which is why That's you right. know, you're looking at the possibility of him being available. Clint Capella is what? I don't know. He's not that old. He's, he'll be going into his age 29 season. Mm -hmm. Got a decent amount of youth. Um, do you feel like the Atlanta Hawks are doing the move away from Clint Capella to uh, a Kongwu 
Onyeka Okongwu, the other center, because of just the youth of Okongwu and the contractual, um, you know, benefits of that, like the the control that they would have? Mm-hmm. Or do you feel like there might be something else of looking up at Clint Capella and saying he's not quite serving the same purposes that you want? Because a lot of his is dependent upon athleticism and defense in the ways that, it, you know, his value is. I think it's more of the former than it is the latter. Okay, because if, it, if it's more the former than the latter, yeah, yeah, bring him around yeah. and let's see this thing cook. I The only problem I would have, and I guess you're in a place where beggars can't be choosers, is if you end up making that deal and you find out, oh, this is waning. Yeah, and I, I guess what I don't want is I don't want Mavericks fans to expect so much from this 10th overall pick. Yes. Because this pick can only do so much. And you brought up the idea of a Royce O'Neal getting some veteran help. There's a lot of things that the Mavericks have got to approve on in terms of acquiring defensive talent. You're not going to get all of it with just the number 10 overall pick. Great point. So how do you get more value based on where you are in this draft and what could be available to you while still getting win now players and some young pieces that could help you build your roster in depth going into the future if you believe that Jaden Hardy and excuse me, Jaden Hardy and Josh Green are going to remain part of your future to go along with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. So I'm starting to be of the mind, maybe trade down, get a veteran player while still having a chance to get a young player to be a part of this team. The question is, how do you feel about the Mavericks and what their timeline dictates to them based on what they want to do in winning now while still trying to appease Luka Doncic and make sure that Kyrie Irving is back on this team. That's the the needle that they're trying to, you know, you know, thread here with this whole situation. What we have talked about since it started going south for the Mavericks, um, you know, with like this past season, it's just this offseason is going to be a hellacious task. It's going to take a level of like agility and creativity that we have rarely seen in this league from executives. Like, people win executive of the year for overcoming the type of stuff the Mavs have in front of them. And Cato does a great job of laying out just, like, the timeline of this. you got to make sure that you have Kyrie first because that dictates the way that you go about this. You have to make your decision on what trades you're making at the trade – on the on trade night – on sorry, draft night, rather. And then you get to free agency, and then you can maybe figure out how you're going to do some of those things. Like, the timeline operates in a funny place where you have to nail this thing in stages like a multi-stage rocket. Yeah. You have to have everything go right all the way through there. This is quite literally rocket science is what I'm saying. I almost wish they the, have. I mean, literally, I almost wish the draft was after free agency, in this case for the Mavericks, because it maybe could help them bring some clarity on what they're doing because – Kyrie Irving is the beginning, middle, and end of how this offseason will begin the shape for the Dallas Mavericks. You bring Kyrie back. Now let's see what you can start to do in building around both Luka and Kyrie. But for the NBA draft itself, you've got to find him and get creative here. Andrew Baker, Michael Finley, Nico Harrison, Dennis Lindsay, who's now a part of this staff as well in the front office, are going to have to put their heads together to find different, unique combinations to be able to build out this roster because they've got a lot in order to fix and they can't just do it with the number 10 overall pick and that's why these questions are so difficult for them to answer we'll see how they begin to answer those here in two weeks when the nba draft takes place the dallas mavericks hold the number 10 overall pick will they keep it will they trade it what will happen we'll find out here in short order 
So get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, let's talk a little Rangers baseball with our man Dutch. Derek Holland going to be joining us on your home of the Rangers 105 through the fan. We do that next on the Get Right. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the Get Right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105. Three the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. Larry D. Flores, hold it down for you. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-811053. 877-811053 if you want to get in on the conversation coming up here in about 19 minutes. I want you to let me know what your favorite comfort show is. There's a new study out there that tells me that y'all watch a bunch of comfort TV. So I want to know what your favorite comfort show, did, show is. Y'all watch. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You said Wait. that like like you don't. I do, but I'm just bringing uh, okay. the, the collective okay. y'all to, mm-hmm. the, uh, mm-hmm. to the table. Not we? You couldn't join in there? We, us, everybody. Okay. Speaking of everybody, we could not be more excited to have our next guest on. Joining us live via Zoom from his palatial estates with all the <laughs> amazing... I want to say, I don't even call them trinkets because you got a whole bunch of stuff going on back there. Uh, Derek Holland joining us here on the home of the Rangers 105 through the fan. Derek, what's going on? What's happening, guys? Uh, not much. Uh, I just came back on va- from vacation. So KG's making it some sort of celebration. Like, what's, the fa- what's your favorite <laughs> vacation that you've been on? Mm. Man, I really like going to, uh, I mean, I was a kid, but going to Jamaica, that was cool. Mm. Um, and it, as I was older, I'd say Tokyo. Tokyo was a lot of fun. Ooh. Actually, you know what? Dubai takes the cake. That Ooh, was uh, okay. Man, that was the party time right there. Oh, okay. So I imagine that we're not going to do a lot of the stories. I was about to say, I don't know okay. if we can get into his stories from Dubai. It, yeah, that was, that was just me having a, a very good time. Okay. I went to Montego Bay, Jamaica a couple of years ago. That was 
great. So I, I'm with you on that. It was awesome. The Jamaica. Is that also stories that uh, need to stay stories? Of course they are. Away from the fantastic. That was my anniversary <laughs> trip. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. I mean, now you had been spending a little bit of time in Pennsylvania, Derek Holland, recently. And I don't I don't want to like recount everything because obviously if you're if you're not familiar, Derek Holland has the great or we have the great pleasure of having Derek Holland on the Can't See Masterpiece once a week um, on Wednesdays. And Yesterday, you talked a lot about this, but I, you know, I was very intrigued when you posted on social media that you were going to have to have Tommy John surgery. So I just kind of wanted to like, first of all, get what was, what were the emotions of that? What was the feeling of that? Can you just take us through going through that very quickly? Man, it was, uh, so how it all happened. Um, you know, I was warming up in the bullpen, felt great. You know, everything was good. I go into the game, face the first guy. I'm feeling absolute amazing just absolute cheddar balls coming out of my hand <laughs> feeling good um and then you know the second second out happens and uh give up a a, a blue pit and then i'm facing sterling castro or starling castro and i you know to me i i just kind of flash back my own scattering port he was spin weak so that's what i was just wanting to attack him with i went slider first pitch and I felt something in my elbow right away. Just it was a weird feeling. No pop, no nothing like that. Just it felt really weird. I guess you could say like uh, felt like TV static went through my my elbow. Like that's what it felt like. I waved to the trainer. They didn't see it, and I was like, you know what? Let's let's go. I'm fine. This is just a, a you know something just felt weird. Just let's go. So I threw the next pitch, and as soon as I did it, it literally felt like so. It's good because we can see on Zoom from my elbow down to my hand was out. Like it was, it was attached to the ball still going. And then from like the elbow up was just pure pain, like a quick, like not quick, but it was like a, it kind of felt like as if I just got stabbed or something. It was a sharp pain. Wow. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh crap, I can't feel my arm. Couldn't pick it up for a second. Just was weird. Still no pop. It's just a, a, just a terrible feeling. And then I finally, I waved to him out there. I waved him with my glove, though. I couldn't pick up my arm. Waved him out. They came out and then started talking. Then, of course, you know, the competitive type of person I am, I was like, no, you know what? Let me just try to throw a pitch. Maybe it's just something, maybe something good came out of this. And then they were like, no, we're not going to throw. And then as soon as I got back to the dugout, my elbow was like, I know we joked about it with Bassick. He was like, oh, that's not that big. But that part like by your elbow if you extend like you can kind of see on my arm oh wow it's like right here yeah, yeah. this was like it's even it's swollen now but it was even bigger it looked like i had a golf ball just sticking out of my elbow and that's when i realized okay something's not right and i couldn't bend anymore like i can still do it like this hurts but not much kind of like, like you're flexing. going out and extending yeah i can't i can't do a full extension and so had to get the mri got the news I was in like good spirits before. That's what sucked the most is I was like telling my buddy who was staying, like we were basically living together up there. I was like, Hey man, I, I don't think I'm going to have Tommy John. There's no way. And then all of a sudden the doc calls as we're driving back. And I was like, he's like, well, it's, it's actually the worst. You tore your UCL and your flexor tendon. And then I, I mean, I obviously I wouldn't have done it, but man, I really wanted to just drive off the road right there. Uh, it, Cause it just took the air out of everything, but yeah. went back to my agent's house and that was it. Now, I mean, obviously I, I didn't ask you to recount that story. So you had to relive pain and I apologize if you had to do that, no, but no, no, no. the timing of it was kind of 
wild, incredible, and like not, obviously not a positive way because very soon thereafter we find out that Jacob Degrom is going on the IL because he is in need of Tommy John surgery in order to you know repair his UCL. So like for one, from a professional pitcher's perspective, like are we seeing the end of peak Jacob Degrom? Because like that is the question I imagine is on a lot of Rangers. Uh, fans' minds because the Rangers just paid a whole bunch of money for this guy to be a foundational piece for the next certain amount of time and not just to be a dude on the roster but to be your ace and now he has to deal with Tommy John surgery. Yeah, it's first of all, it's a it's a big blow. Uh, I, I respect DeGrom a lot. Love the guy. He's, he's a super nice dude and it does suck that it happens, uh, that that happened to him. Obviously, he wanted to come here, too, with a fresh start, fresh everything. Like, I get it. He had the injuries in the past. He was here to change that. He was trying everything he could. These are things we can't control. Mm -hmm. It's like I tell people, you know, only control the things you can control. This, unfortunately, is not it. And going forward, though, after having two Tommy Johns, it, it is going to be very tough to be that guy again. That's the big thing for him is, is just trying to be that that guy. but also. Are you still going to have that same velocity? Are you still going to have those same things? And if you do, um, I'm wondering if, and I talked with Basket about this from KMC, is do what Verlander does. Verlander comes into a game and he'll be throwing 90 to 93. And then, hey, all right, we got bases loaded. It's it's go time. And don't throw a pitch under 97. <laughs> now, I get it. People are going to be like, well, you're still putting a lot of stress on that by doing it. Well, it's more controlled because mm -hmm. he's not throwing as hard earlier in the game, saving the bullets and saving maybe that ligament. It also could be something with his mechanics too, that this is twice. Now you've had Tommy John. We might need to dive into our mechanics a little bit more and see what we're doing. That could be causing a lot of stress on that elbow uh, or the shoulder or wherever else his injuries are. So it is wild, but I, I will say I really did love the picture though uh, of people saying that me and DeGrom, we're going to be like Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> the rehab buddies just handling yes. business, getting back on the on the field. Derek Holland joining us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 Through the Fan. And I think that's the part that I think some people forget is that this is not just the first time that DeGrom's dealing. This is the second time mm -hmm. that he's going to be attempting to come back from Tommy John surgery. As a teammate of his, if you are in that locker room, if you're in that clubhouse, how do you continue to not only keep him encouraged, but obviously for the rest of this team, they're in the midst of what is starting to look like of a special season for this team. How do they continue to move forward, knowing that a lot of the reason why some of these guys are here is because Jacob DeGrom was going to be the centerpiece of what this team was going to be looking like in the future? Well, two things. One, uh, people know if I was there, if I was a teammate there that played with me and everything, they know exactly how I would carry myself. I would be very supportive of these guys. I would make sure to, if I was the healthy guy and going to see DeGrom, I don't want him to feel like he's an outcast, not a part of this team or anything mm. like that. I want him to feel this is still your team. You're still as much a part of this as anybody else. On top of that too, if, you know, being a, a veteran guy too, that's maybe not the pitcher, uh, I'm going to go up to him and make sure that he realizes what he means to this team. And then as him himself, you know, be there for those guys too. You are going to get, treated as if you're a ghost i've been there before i know what it's like when you're hurt nobody wants to see you talk to you whatever you're kind of in the way well you can always make the adjustment to that don't let it be that way be noticed when you're there but be noticed for the right things be there to support your guys push them motivate them 
because just like you, they have the same goal. We're all trying to get that World Series. I hope they can do it. The way that they are playing right now, this team is lights out. They've picked up as soon as DeGrom went out, they kept going. They they were like, hey, they didn't obviously nobody knew how serious this was, but they literally had that attitude of, hey, it's okay. You're gone. We're going to pick up for you. So when you do come back, it's already there. We're already doing great things. And they have. You look at Dane Dunning, who stepped up big time for these guys. All these young guys getting their opportunities up there, doing an outstanding job. Leody Tavares unbelievable right now i mean it's what we're seeing is incredible this whole team is basically all-stars you could send almost everybody up there to seattle now okay so i'm gonna be the person to bring in the negativity thanks derek um (laughs) i love it let's do it somebody has to do it yeah i guess that's fair um but this is the thing is like this rangers team was playing in a place where we hold it down until Degrom gets back and now it becomes a go without and I don't know if how you feel about this, but it feels like regression is is going to happen with this team. The, my question to you is, if you also agree with me that regression will happen at some point, how like what is a reasonable expect, expectation of this team without Jacob deGrom on the horizon, even if some stuff, some things slow down a little bit, what's a reasonable expectation for this team? Because they're still on an incredible pace at this point. I still got them winning probably, I would say, between... 88 to 94 games. Um, But I do want to say, yes, they will go through a tough break. The question is when, and on top of that is when they do do it, you want it to be more, as I would kind of say, getting towards the end of the season so that when they do turn it around, now we're getting hot heading into the playoffs. I know people hate saying this. So you, you talking about being negative. Look at what the Cardinals did when they came and played us in the world series. Look at what the giants did. Both those teams were red hot, got the wild card spot, and won the World Series. So let them continue to keep winning the way that they are, keep doing what they're doing. At some point, yes, they are going to get cold. It, it happens. Every, but the thing is, too, let's put it this way, too. You haven't seen the pitchers clicking, the offense clicking, and the defense clicking all at the same time. When you see that, now you know they're really flowing. And on top of that, too, once it does get cold, they're going to quickly get out of that, that cold streak Bochi's not going to let that stick around. So no panic. I know people, I saw somebody on Twitter talking about they were upset that we wasted one of John Gray's starts last night. Yeah. No, we didn't. You got to <laughs> give credit to the other team too. It was a one nothing game. Yeah. Get out of here with that garbage. Like you didn't waste anything. That was a great job. Um, I will give credit to Evan Grant for responding to this the correct way. Bullpen got time off. Garcia got an extra day to help out and give him some rest. Those are things that you need to see because it's a long season for those guys. I want a healthy guy at the end of the season rather than a guy that is worn out by then. Derek Holland joining us here on the Get Right with Reggie KG here on 105 Through the Fan. Last one for me, there's been so many things that have gone well for this team when you look at Marcus Simeon, obviously Josh Young, AL Rookie of the Year candidate, Marcus, or excuse me, Corey Seager and what he's been doing this year. For you, what's been, if you had to, Pin it down to one thing. What's been the one thing for you that has gotten you so excited about this ball club based on what they've done to start off this season? Well, I'm going to be biased because I love pitching. Mm -hmm. The starting rotation has been outstanding. But I want to give a lot of credit to Jonah Heim is one. Uh, Mike Maddox, another one. And then also, obviously, Bochy keeping the clubhouse right. But I think one guy that really stands out for bouncing back too is we've kind of, he was kind of left out on the burner and then we got to bring him back now. 
is Adolis Garcia. Mm. That guy has been absolutely getting after it, and you'd love to see that. I think Simeon's clubhouse uh, leadership has kind of been noticed more now. You're seeing a lot of the guys, even the young guys, looking very comfortable out there, and that's what we need most is those guys being able to be comfortable. So it's I can't specifically say one thing besides obviously I want to pick pitching, but I think the way that this clubhouse is turned around, the leadership from the front office, wanting to win now, making the moves, uh, also with the coaching staff that you got in there, they're making things happen. There is no games being played. This is it. We're we're not here to wait for certain things. We tested out a few things, and now we're good to go. You got Will Smith doing a good job closing for us. I know the bullpen's been kind of the question mark, but they're they're turning it around. Everything is starting to come up into the right way. Uh, Dutch, before we let you go, and I, I'm not afraid to tell you that this is really the one reason I wanted to have you on more than anything. It's just to talk about pitching right now in the majors and like kind of the the mechanics of it because you alluded to it when it comes to Jacob DeGrom, Velo Monster, right? And mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of guys who are becoming more and more Velo Monsters. And, of course, we can't like narrow it down to the – you know, the velocity and the power with which he was throwing being the culprit for this injury. But do you, I do wonder, do we need to see pitchers kind of put a governor on, you know, that fastball in the way that you're talking about with Verlander? Like, guys just, because I mean, at some point you're limiting the value that you have in being able to throw fast, but sometimes you're also protecting the investment of the player and being able to be more sustainable. Um, yeah, I, I just think with, uh, with with the pitching side of it, when it comes to mechanics, that's the one thing that I'm curious about too. Is it, each guy is different, so it's hard to sit here and put a pinpoint thing on. Like for instance, mm-hmm. Degrom throwing so hard. I hate saying this, but I feel like the guys with the high high velocity in the hundreds, they they tend to not last that long, and I I hate that because one Degrom is by far the best pitcher in the game to watch when he is healthy, when he's on and everything. It's ridiculous. So I'm curious, like looking at like with Verlander, who is a guy that could run it up to the hundreds, how does he control it? And he does do it by slowing things down with his velocity, throwing slower earlier in the game, throwing harder late in the game. So I don't know. And also what sucks is injuries are up this year. Um, There's a lot of, I, I actually don't have the numbers, but I'd love to look this up. How many Tommy Johns are this year? Because I, I know Dr. Meister personally, and that's who's going to be uh, working on me. I know he's done a lot of Tommy John surgeries this year so far. So that's the scary thing too, is what, what it is, what's going on with pitching to cause so many injuries. And it usually is happening to a lot of the guys that are throwing with the higher velocity. So I don't know. It's, it's very interesting to see. Well, Derek, we appreciate your time this evening. This was absolutely terrific. We wish the best to you. Attacking. Yeah, it's like I, I don't think the circumstances are terrific. Though. Yeah. We're, we're sorry to hear yeah, about was, the UCL tear. Yeah. And, Obviously, it's okay. Hey, you know what? I, I know we can't really say it, but God has a plan, man. And I'm here to just follow it. Yeah. This is part of it. Well, we know that you're going to attack rehab with everything that you got. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on your journey. And uh, obviously, every single Wednesday here on 105 Through the Fan with the KMC Masterpiece, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for taking some time, man. That is no De- problem. Derek Holland joining us here on the Get Right or Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, there's a new study that shows that 87% of people have a comfort show. So I ask you, what is your favorite comfort show? Let us know next on The Get Right.
Back here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. What is your favorite comfort show? Have a little fun here on your home of the Cowboys, the Texas Rangers. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Larry D. Flores holding it down for here. Really appreciate Derek Holland for joining us last segment as he is going to be on the road to rehab as he uh, is going to be on the road to recovery. Recovery. I said on the road. I guess the rehab I mean, rehab is the road to recovery. Yeah, that is right? right. Yeah, that's right. Also, on the road to rehab sounds like he had a problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know. Maybe he does, but not that I know of. That is not. That would be something entirely other. Let's let's hope that doesn't make it to uh, G Mag or you know what's the thing that y'all be doing? Masterpiece of the week. What's the thing that y'all be doing? <laughs> it left my brain for a second. And then I had to think of it, and then you were sitting here. I was like, oh, he does that. So, yeah, the thing that y'all be doing at the end of the week, masterpiece of the week, of course. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> With all due respect to KMC. There it is. There. <laughs> this is the all due respect episode. All due respect to all the people that we didn't talk res- about. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> Respectfully. What's that thing y'all do at the end of the week? What's that cute little? See, what's that cute little segment y'all do every Friday around one thirty? That's the real disrespect. When someone says that little, what's that little thing that y'all be doing? Oh man, there is nothing more (laughs) disrespectful when somebody put little in front of it. What's your little show? Yeah, exactly. What that little thing y'all be doing? What's that called? What's your your little boyfriend name? Wow. That's see. That's how I'm gonna do fighting words. When my daughter, when she thinks that she got a little boyfriend, see, see, there it goes. Just naturally just came. It out. came right out. Like, the, exactly. The, somebody's daddy, and you jumped out. You jumped out of your clear, spirit. Exactly. Okay, there it when is. She come around talking about I got a boyfriend. Uh, who the boy? What little, who, who that little boy? Who, who, who little boy is this? Yeah. You know that kind of thing. Larry, you gonna get there too? When your daughter talking about she gonna bring some some dude around talking about you know hey 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 daddy this this is my boyfriend. Well who who's whose little man is this? Who who, who this? Larry B. Bobby. Larry's not trying to think about none of that. He's not listening <laughs> to what you're saying at all. Um, let's have a little fun here before we uh, get to the top of, our, top of the hour. By the way, at the top of the hour uh, here on the Get Right, ranking the best NFL cores and where do the Cowboys fit in that. We'll talk a little Cowboys football at the top of the hour here on your home of the Cowboys. Are we talking about abs or just? No. Oh, okay. That's a good thought, though. Okay. Uh, came across this study, though, on CableTV.com. Mm, one of my favorite dot coms. That's a good song right here. Push it. Um, 87% of Americans have a, quote, comfort show, end quote. They asked 1,000 people if they have a show they stream when times get tough, and 8 and 10 answered yes, um, where 80% said they feel connected to people who have the same comfort show as them, and apparently 87% of Americans have a quote-unquote comfort show. Okay, interesting. Okay. Um, the write-up here is, why do so many Americans have a comfort show? The real world is stressful and unpredictable. Boy, man. And sometimes even scary. Hey, man, it looked like Blade Runner in New York right now. Of course it's stressful and Yo. scary. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so we take comfort in our shows going back to the familiar, the predictable, and the known. Uh, Dr. Andrew Selipak, mm-hmm. who is a media professor at the University of Florida, tells CableTV.com. While many people may have a favorite show they return to, only 52% of Americans has heard of the term, quote, comfort show. Only 52% of Americans, Before huh? taking uh, CableTV.com's survey. Okay. So the question is very simple. On the text line, 877 
What's your favorite comfort show? I am the 13%. You don't have a comfort show? Not particularly. Like, there's not a show that I go to immediately when I'm like, tough day. You or know? just, in gen- is there one that, like, you... Just keep returning to? Yeah. All right. Let's get into the Reggie's a weirdo bag. Um, I think I know what you're going to say. I okay, think. let's. You know what? Let's t- try it out. KG, what am I going to say? The Wire. Not true. Really? I'll rewatch The Wire for a while there. I was doing it every two years, but I've skipped one of my two years here. Oh, so okay. Like, All right. Uh, just because I find it to be an incredible show. But, like, no, nah, there's not really a show that I just, like, return to just to do that. At least not anymore. Like, now. I, my philosophy is, and I don't put this on anybody. I don't think that anybody needs to have my perspective of it. I kind of have like this fear of missing out, and I think oh, about okay. I think about all the content that exists in the world, yeah, and how I will never get to all of it. Uh huh. And so the idea of rewatching in general, I'll rewatch certain things. Don't get me wrong, but like the idea of rewatching at in large, right, um, is just a, going back to something that I've already seen and missing out on something else that I'll never get a chance to get to. Huh. Right, so like I, so you got real FOMO around entertainment. I will not just entertainment, buddy. Information, all that. Why huh. do you think I know so much? And not to say that like I know everything because I definitely don't, but it's just because like I am. You're constantly immersing yourself into information. It really is a problem. And so, with that being the case, there's not a show that I go to like, oh man, I just I'm not feeling it. I just want to kill some time. Yeah, yeah, that's not really how it goes. Now it'd be more towards music. Okay. That I okay. do that. But when it comes to television shows, there's some that I've like I've watched a decent amount, but I wouldn't necessarily call them comfort shows. Okay. You feel me? Like I've watched a decent amount in the past. All right. Uh Larry, this is your portion of the program where you get to participate. And you'll probably do so in a less weird way than I did. So <laughs> I, I'm a little bit like Reggie, where I'm very meticulous about what I'm gonna put my time and effort into. Okay. Right? And so, but I will end up rewatching a lot of the same stuff because I'm kind of, I don't want to say scared, but putting, like thinking about embarking on a new show or, oh, you know what, this is five seasons. I don't want to start something and not feel like I'm going to actually put the time and effort to Mm. actually watch it and finish it. So I avoid stuff. Like I'm always late to things. Like when, you know, Breaking Bad or all these other big phenomenon shows came out, I was always very late to them because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to have to be that invested to it every single week. Mm. That's that's commitment that I, I don't want. And so I'll find myself watching a lot of the same stuff over and over again. You know, The Office or that 70s show stuff that I just I can have on and I don't have to pay attention to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's 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 kind of how I look at things. But if I watch something, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get invested into it and I want to finish it. And so um, I have a hard time committing. OK. All right. Uh, before I get to mine. um, Two on four. You actually named one of my uh, favorite comfort shows, um, Bar Rescue. Oh, you can get lost an hour's worth of Bar Rescue. You Makes ever- you feel better about yourself. Him yelling at other people. Yo, right? John Taffer stay cursing out a bartender and an owner. And the worst part okay. about it is, you think about it, and that bartender would love nothing more to be on this program. Yes, just to get cussed out. And like, yes, it's not like they didn't know what the show was. That's the thing. It's like if you sign up for something, you're like, hey, wait, wait a minute. I thought you were fixing my bar. Why are you yelling at me? You know what it is. You know what it is. You know exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. You signed up for this. But you signed up for that cussing because you know on the other side is a brand new bar. And most of the time, people are grateful for it. Um, let's see who else on here. Not the shade at the end. Okay. There's some people who get on there who are not grateful at all for the stuff that Taffer and his crew come in there and do and reshape those bars and whatnot. It's kind of ridiculous. 
Uh, for the 940, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That one I'm thinking about embarking on. I never actually watched all the way through, but it sounds like that is one of the like more more referenceable yeah. television shows Shout of our time. Day. And you know what? I have a high value for shows that you could reference. Shout out to like Seinfeld, The Wire, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out, shout out to um, SpongeBob, which might be the most referenceable show <laughs> of all time. Barnacles. So yeah, shout out to Aisha Morrison uh, from the nine zero three Martin. Okay, Martin four six nine Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty's a solid one uh, from eight one seven American Dad. Nine. Not as much my cup of tea, but I know that there's some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the 936 Parks and Rec. See now, Parks and Rec. Now we're now we're talking about something. Uh, for you, 325 Seinfeld, The Office. There's a lot of com- like everybody I've, loves Raymond. There's a lot of comedy within this, uh-huh. and also I think we're also settling into like the stuff that it, you're more likely to see syndicated because that's basically what syndication was before. It's just like your comfort television, the thing that you're okay with turning on any given time, like King of Kings of Queens or King of Queens, things like that. Um, that or uh, I was realizing reality TV ends up being because you mentioned Bar Rescue. Mm-hmm. We've seen I don't know if you've seen. Have you talked to Meg Murray recently? Yeah, because this Vanderpump Rules thing. Oh yeah, I was like, hey yo, I have like g- this. Her Jane Slater, she loves Vanderpump Rules. Did not realize Slater was oh, on that. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, um, but I have gotten to reality TV. Real Housewives of Atlanta was my guilty pre- pleasure uh, for several years. Real Housewives of Atlanta was. Um, let's see here. From the A three zero, how I met your mother. Okay. Uh, for the A three two, curb your enthusiasm. Curb oh. is curb is tough for me because there's real comedic genius within there with Larry David. Mm-hmm. But I remember I was trying to go through and watch Curb at one point, and I got like four seasons in, and I was just like, I'm tired of the formula because oh, it is a wow. formula. It's like Larry David steps in it, steps in it some like makes a faux pas, <laughs> steps in it some more. It comes back around. Like, that is that is the... Like, you felt you knew it was coming at that point. Kind of. It's just like, it feels like we're going on this cycle. And I understand. Some of that is, like, comedy. In fact, the way that he built Seinfeld, people always call it the show about nothing, which is the show within the show. But no, the show is actually about how comedian how a comedian finds their jokes. And one of the rules that Larry David put on it is, like, no character growth. These people are not going to become better people at the end of the show, at the end of the season, at the end of the series. They are and who they are. They are who... And that ends up being this kind of formulaic loop where these people end up in the same place. And that that gets you in this place. So, like, I understand why Curb Your Enthusiasm ended up in that place. I just got tired of it. But it's a good show. It's a good uh, show. From the 214, uh, Sanford and Son All Day. Mine is a little weird. You know, you know how Don Staley got on the Pivot podcast and she said, you know, I like to get out here and just go to, you know, courthouse and go watch murder trials and whatnot. That kind of oh, thing. Oh, you on the first 48 uh, no. date line. Okay, what what kind of murder trials are we looking at? Are, are we talk are you about to be uh the datelines seeing Oh no, 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 no. I don't seeing like that to the go. husband is the first no, and no, definitely no, no. did kill the wife. No, not no. that no, not that at all. But I'm on like the crime, you know, shows, that kind of thing. That's what I said. Uh, but no, not to that extent. Oh, the ones that don't take real stories, the ones that take real stories and make them into fictional stories. Oh, Kinda. I know what the answer is. It's Law and Order. That's right. Yeah, I was like, I don't know why. Uh, that's right. It took me so long to get there. It's Law and Order. Yeah, specifically Law and Order SVU. Uh, Which is still the most, the more heinous of it the iterations. Is, and you're um, like, I need some time to kill to feel better <laughs> about myself. Let me see the heinous ones. How about that? Well, here's the thing. Law, I'll either regular Law and Order or Law and Order SVU. But here's the thing. I could not stand Law and Order Criminal Intent. 
Because huh. you, your boy, Detective Goring, got out here I and thought he. Is. Well, if you know a lot, Larry, you saying you know who I'm talking about? No, nope, you don't know. That's who I'm right. About. You well, out here. If by you're yourself. a Law and Order SVU, S, uh, Law and Order stand like myself, you know who I'm talking about. But Criminal Intent had this one detective on here who he thought he knew everything about everything there was to know about everything in life. And then would give this soliloquy at mm. the end of the show every time about how he knew about everything that you did and then how that connected to you getting in trouble. I couldn't stand it. Didn't like it at all. Arthur or Wishbone? I wonder Arthur, how many people. I wonder how many people. Television. Yes. How many people go back to like children's programming? Or what Every day when you're program? walking down the street, everybody that you meet, no, has an original point of view. That's right. You know, I, yeah, no, we can go all the way through with that. And I, I just, we say, don't have time hey, for that. oh no, we don't have time. We for don't that. have time for okay. that. Okay. Uh, right. But yeah, I'm interested in how many people go for like children's programming or cartoons because those are not Bluey. the same thing. Bluey is good television. Bluey is incredible television. I'll stand on the table with that one. That's good television. All day, every day. Sign me up. Bluey is incredible television. And look, that means something coming from a parent like KG because they have seen the ones that are not incredible television. That's right. And those those are the ones that your children love, aren't they? That's right. (laughs) Every single day. If I see Work It Out Wombats one more time. What does that mean? I've never heard of this. PBS Kids. Look it up. Zaboomafoo is a comfort show. You know what? I agree. (laughs) <laughs> uh, keep those rolling on the text on 877-811053 your favorite comfort shows we'll read some more of those throughout the course of our evening coming up next on the get right ranking the best NFL cores where do your Cowboys fit among the best in the league we do it next on the get right we really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s it's better over here only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 